News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 174 of the Luke Messias Show. Today's topic was not picked until Friday morning. I was actually sitting there. I slept in a little bit that morning. My kids, actually, I didn't sleep in, I should say. As a parent, sleeping in just means you're in bed longer. It doesn't actually mean you're sleeping because your kids are in like 6.30, 7 o'clock. And so anyways, but we stayed in bed a little longer than normal. And I told my wife, uh, today will be a little slower, a little nice, um, unless the DOPS decision comes out. And 10 minutes later, it came out. It felt surreal at the time, and it has felt surreal ever since, even this morning, just driving up here to record this podcast. It just has a – you literally feel different about the world that we live in, about the nation we live in, about the state that we live in. Um, I pulled up the opinion, and if you haven't read the opinion, I would really recommend at a minimum the first five pages of Alito's opinion. Um, skip through the syllabus, get to the opinion. It's not written in the typical legalese that you'll find in a Supreme Court opinion. You'll actually be able to read and understand what the court's opinion is. I started reading it and it was very difficult to make it through. Um, I I really honestly kind of broke down. The last time I remember uh, weeping over anything that happened in politics was actually when Justice Scalia died. Um, I got the news and I can't remember if it was an anniversary dinner or Valentine's. My wife and I were going out on a date that evening and I saw the news come across my feed and she came into the living room and I just was weeping and uh, not something I typically do, especially around uh, issues regarding politics and government. But it was somebody who had had a profound impact on my worldview and understanding of the values that our nation holds. And so at the time, uh, it was hard to see what the future of our country and the future of the court would look like. And uh, since then, I don't think anything else has caused me to have that kind of emotional response until reading this opinion. And so I, I started breaking down, trying to make it through these four or five pages, just kept reading. My wife was there. My daughter, who's very attuned to emotions, runs in the room and thinks I'm upset. And so she comes up and like, cuddles with me and she just holds me while I'm reading this opinion. And uh, she's very calm when somebody is upset or when somebody is crying or anything like that. She just comes and comforts. She's got a sweet spirit about her. And so she is there. And as I wrap up the first five pages of the opinion, she looks up at me and she puts her hand on my face and she says, daddy, it's going to be okay. Uh, She thought something bad had happened. I told her, oh, babe, it's going to be fine. Uh, Dad's actually happy. And she said, really? So you're crying happy tears right now? And I said, yeah. And she said, I've never seen you cry happy tears before. And so she then we talked about happy tears for a while. Um, I'm going to read just small portions of it. Uh, What I'm going to get into today is we're going to talk about the decision. We're also going to talk about the implications for Texas and really what the decision did, what the current status is, and then what kind of policies Texas is going to be looking at when it comes to continuing to protect and preserve human life. Uh, A couple pages into Alito's 
uh, case that really early on in the opinion, he's talking about the history of Roe, how, how it came about, Casey and the ruling that was made at that point. It's really worth noting that when Casey was ruled upon, there were four justices that said at the time they wanted to overturn Roe. We were one justice away. And there were three justices that agreed that Roe was bad, but they didn't want to overturn it. And so they wrote Casey and created this new set, similar to what this new random court-created set of circumstances that allows you to either stop an abortion or continue to protect it as a court-created constitutional right. And that is, in some ways, really identical to what John Roberts tried to do. John Roberts, for those of you who don't know, agreed in judgment but not in opinion. So what he did was he said, I believe that Mississippi should be able to ban abortion at 15 weeks, but I didn't want to overturn Roe. I wanted to acknowledge and keep and protect this court-created fake constitutional right to an abortion while also letting states prohibit abortions even before viability. And Roberts, it doesn't surprise us at this point, it's relatively clear that he does think that abortion is a constitutional right, even though it is not. And we are so grateful that he was not able to convince any of the other right-of-center justices on the court to actually come over to his perspective because it would have only taken one and we would have ended up with another opinion that mirrored Casey just a little better for us, but still one that allows uh, women a created constitutional right to an abortion. So after he gets through that, Alito gets to the heart of this case, the case specifically that they are looking at to, to overturn. And he says, before us now is one such state law. The state of Mississippi asks us to uphold the constitutionality of a law that generally prohibits an abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy, several weeks before the point at which a fetus is now regarded as viable outside the womb. In defending the law, the state's primary argument is that we should reconsider and overrule Roe and Casey and once again allow each state to regulate abortion as its citizens wish. On the other side, respondents and the Solicitor General of the United States ask us to reaffirm Roe and Casey, and they contend that the Mississippi law cannot stand if we do. Allowing Mississippi to prohibit abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, they argue, would be no different, this is, quote, be no different than overruling Casey and Roe in half entirely. Brief for Respondents 43, they contend that, quote, no half measures, end quote, are available and that we must either reaffirm or overrule Roe and Casey. Brief for Respondents 50. Now, again, this just goes to point out the fact that what Roberts was trying to do was something that both sides contended couldn't be done. Roberts wanted to say, well, you can't ban abortion at 15 weeks, but we can keep Roe and Casey intact, which is just not true. And it's sad that he tried to do that in his uh, concurrence of judgment. And then here's the best part of this ruling. It says, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has held to, has held to guarantee some rights that are mentioned, not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such such right must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and, quote, implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. The right to abortion 
does not fall within this category. Until the latter part of the 20th century, such a right was entirely unknown in American law. Indeed, when the 14th Amendment was adopted, three quarters of the states made abortion a crime at all stages of pregnancy. The abortion right is also critically different from any other rights that this court has held to fall within the 14th Amendment protection of, quote, liberty, end quote. Rose defenders characterize the abortion right as similar to the rights recognized in past decisions involving matters such as intimate sexual relations, contraception, and marriage. But abortion is fundamentally different, as both Roe and Casey acknowledge, because it destroys what those decisions called fetal life and what the law now before us describes as an unborn human being. There's more to that opinion, and I would really uh, recommend that all of you take some time to read it. I think it should be mandated reading in our public school system. Uh, I think it should be mandated reading uh, for your homeschool or private school or wherever you decide to take your kids uh, and receive their education. This, the last two weeks, has been probably the best Supreme Court uh, session that I definitely have seen in my lifetime, and I would argue maybe in the history of the court, you've had a number of rulings come down that protect parents, that uh, further enshrine the reality of religious liberty um, as something that the state cannot come and and punitively punish you against. Um, You have this decision. You have the gun decision. This one really trumps all of them. I would take this decision – even if it meant losing all the other good decisions we had this week because it fundamentally puts us at least back into the arena of being able to advocate not from a position of weakness with this being a fake constitutional right. Now, here's the reality. I believe that it is unconstitutional to abort a child. I actually don't. I think the child has constitutional rights that are recognized as life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, that life is a right that cannot be taken away. It's a right given to you by your creator. I actually don't believe that the states have the right to take that life away. So what the Supreme Court has done, while an amazing accomplishment that should be rejoiced, does not go far enough. It actually means that all these other individual blue states and some purple states can still allow the constitutional right to life to be taken away. In some cases, up to the minute before birth or even a couple minutes after with some of these crazy Marxist states. But the great news is that in Texas today, abortion is illegal. There was a law passed last session called the trigger law, which said that 30 days after Roe was overturned, abortion would be banned in the state of Texas. Now, while that is a good law to have, in some ways it was unnecessary because the pre-Roe statutes that already made abortion illegal were already on the books. So just to be clear, even on Friday, and the Texan did some reporting on this, that there were Planned Parenthoods that on Friday said, we are done doing abortions in Texas. They didn't say in 30 days, we're done doing abortions in Texas. We're done now because the statute is already crystal clear. Abortions are illegal. And the only reason that statute wasn't being enforced was because of Roe versus Wade. And so with the ruling of the court, those statutes are already put into uh, law. They're now enforceable. And so Planned Parenthood came out and said, we're not doing any more abortions up to this point. Fantastic news. 
we in the conservative pro-life movement in Texas have been fighting these moderate Republicans, even when it came to whether you should be able to have an abortion with fetal abnormalities. In fact, at one point, I remember Texas Alliance for Life literally saying it is not pro-life to say you can't kill these kids with severe fetal abnormalities. But guess what? They're now protected. They're, they're protected in the earliest stages. They're protected in the later stages. They're protected if they have severe fetal abnormalities. They're protected if they're a completely healthy young baby. Praise the Lord. We really have to recognize that his provisions in both uh, the election of Donald Trump and then the subsequent nomination of three Supreme Court justices and the confirmation. And all of you lived through those confirmations. The Brett Kavanaugh confirmation was not an easy confirmation. And I hoped and prayed at the time that the pro-choice forces that literally tried to destroy him as a human being would rue the day that they did so. And they have now. What a blessing. In Texas specifically, the question that a lot of people are asking is, what is next? What happens? Did we completely win? Do we spike the football? Do we just say, hey, let's just make sure we don't pass pro-choice laws and we're okay, we're good to go? And the truth is that's not the reality that we find ourselves in today. So as a nationwide perspective, before I get to Texas, understand that it is really important that any state that is a red state now completely outlaw abortion, period. Do not create second-class citizens. Do not say, well, if your father's a rapist, you can get killed. That is the wrong type of public policy that we should be advocating for, and we have to get that out of our vernacular entirely. Victims of rape include the mother and the child. Two victims of a heinous crime, the rapist should be punished to the full extent of the law. And by the way, it shouldn't surprise any of you that red states punish rapists in many cases much more severely than blue states do. So they don't really take it as seriously as we do, but then they say, oh, well, we are going to make sure that the children can die in the process. We need to ban abortion entirely in every red state possible. And then we need to hold to those restrictions. You're already seeing some Republicans come out with this kind of safe, legal, and rare argument. Glenn Youngkin did this, the governor of Virginia, basically saying, hey, Virginians want less abortions, not more abortions. And he's coming out to push this 15-week ban, which says that all abortions before 15 weeks are legal and all abortions after 15 weeks are not legal. And, okay, this is what our state's going to do. Well, in Texas and in all the other red states, we need to make sure that that is not our position. We need to end it entirely. And then what is going to happen, the next step is going to be that we're going to have a number of ways that people are still trying to get abortions. So one of those that's going to be pushed heavily is abortion in the mail, right? You're going to have people say, hey, go to this website, order this pill, get it shipped to your house and abort your child. Here's the sad reality. Okay, And this is a lie that a lot of Republicans believe. They believe that it should be legal to abort your own child. Okay, So they think that doctors should not be able to abort a child, that nurses should not be able to be involved in the abortion of a child, but that a mother can abort her own child and be completely okay. So even in Texas today, there's only one abortion still legal. And that is a self-induced abortion. If you as an individual just want to abort your own kid, we're okay with that, right? And that is not only immoral, but it's incredibly hateful to women to tell a woman that you are legally allowed to kill your own child is literally legally protecting her 
to conduct an act that is going to destroy her life. It is going to ruin her. It is going to change her. And if you don't believe me, just look at all these women who are in the streets protesting. Realize that these are incredibly damaged, wounded, destructive individuals who have made decisions to end the life of their own children in many circumstances. And that will destroy people. Here's the hope and the good news is that I've also met incredible women who are post-abortive who have found redemption and forgiveness and healing in the arms of Jesus Christ. And these women live a new life today. They're a new creation this is not a hopeless state, but the reality is people who commit that heinous violence against their child and then live with that and try to justify it their entire life are destroying themselves. And Texas should not tell women. It is the least compassionate thing we could possibly do to a woman to tell her, hey, you can take the life of your own child. Absolutely not. But those are still allowed in Texas. They were allowed pre-Roe, by the way. So before Roe versus Wade, Texas said, hey, women can abort their own ch children. It's easier for a woman to do that today than it was in the 70s. So this ordering of the mail is going to have to get looked at any and all things. I have not uh, honestly d dove deep into the policy solutions for each and every one of these issues. I'm just telling you the types of things that are going to get discussed in the Texas legislature next session. So this is going to be an issue that needs to get addressed to make sure <clears throat> that women can't just – we can't just have pill mills that are – sending out abortion pills left and right to women to end, uh, to kill their children. Secondly, you're going to have an issue of paid travel. You're going to have these leftist corporations, many of whom, unfortunately, Texas's own pension funds are literally investing money into and helping move their stock price up. These same companies are now coming out and saying, hey, if you're a woman who's here and you want to go get an abortion, we will pay to fly you to a blue state, we'll cover your travel, we'll cover your hotel, we'll cover your abortion. Get that baby killed and get back here and get to work. And this is really sad. First and foremost, we really have reached this point in time in which the corporate machine is highly incentivized to keep women working. And it's not just keep women working, period. Remember, most corporations in no way support a traditional family infrastructure. Blake Masters in Arizona got in so much trouble for coming out and saying that he believes that we should, I, uh, we should try to achieve a future where families can feed and provide for their family off of one single income. That can cover their groceries, that can cover their house, that can cover both of their car payments, that can cover some savings for their kid's college. If they do want to go to college, you probably shouldn't send your kid to college. That's kind of an outdated idea. If you're still on that train, you should consider getting off. But let's say you are, try to save a little bit for retirement, that these basic things should be achievable with one income. And that is very rare. And there's a lot of things that have contributed to that. But you have to understand that our corporation's today in America have no desire to get to that point in time. And they actually want to make it as easy as possible for you to stay in the workforce. And they'd like both of you to, if you're married, they want both of you there. The funny thing is they came after Blake Masters saying he was sexist, but he never said the woman had to be the one at home and the man had to be the one working. He just said families should be able to 
survive, and thrive off of one income. And that is something we should try to achieve as a country. And so you corporations are now going to come out and say, hey, guess what? We will do everything we can to make sure you can kill this kid. And since half of the states approximately in America will let you kill this kid whenever you want, go there, kill it, and come back. That's a problem. And we have to figure out a way to close that loophole and punish these companies and punish everyone involved. Anybody involved in conspiring to kill this child should be able to be punished. The last thing we're going to have to work on is the district attorney issue. Now, I will tell you this. If you are a Republican in Fort Bend County, in Harris County, in Bear County, in Tarrant County, in all of these different larger counties, Williamson County, these suburban areas, you should know that the district attorney race that you are looking at right now is incredibly important. And let me tell you why. The district attorneys of Travis County, which is Austin, probably not winnable by Republican. Dallas County, probably also not winnable. Uh, but then Harris County, Fort Bend County, Bear County all came out. And these district attorneys said, and Bear County is my county, said, we will not be prosecuting. And you've had this, all these leftist uh, district attorneys funded by George Soros have come out and basically said, it doesn't matter if abortion is illegal. If you commit an abortion in San Antonio, we're not going to prosecute you. Now, the good news is the Planned Parenthoods have said, look, we can't take on the liability anyways. Who knows if the next DA is going to show up in six or nine months. And so they're not doing it, but they're also not prosecuting it. Real problem. And this is a problem not only for abortion, but for a lot of the crimes that we're creating in Texas. And so what we're going to need to do is creatively find, and there's numerous different policy solutions out there, but we need to address this session, the issue of leftist DAs basically creating sanctuary havens for violent criminals, okay? And anything they want to allow you to commit. These DAs have come out and said, hey, Try to sexually transition your kid. We're not prosecuting it. These DAs could say, take your two-year-old to a drag strip show and let them stick dollar bills in the drag queen's underwear. Don't worry about it. We're not going to prosecute you. It's a major problem. And we need to make sure that those children and those people that violence is committed against and abuse is committed against are able to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And that is going to mean positive policy solutions by the Republican Party to strip those DAs of their power, are they to refuse to do what they're elected to do? These are some of the issues that we will be working on in Texas. These are some issues that pro-life groups will be pushing. These are issues that we'll be talking to you about during the legislative session. <clears throat> Republicans need to continue to stay on offense. And it's sad that Alito and four other justices did what a bunch of Republicans were not willing to do in Texas for 50 years. And that was ignore Roe versus Wade. See, the same cancerous behavior that has infected so many legislators had infected the court for 50 years. All these people saying, well, I don't like Roe versus Wade, but I can't do anything about it. And all these legislators saying, I don't like that I have to kill tens of thousands of kids in my state, but I can't do anything about it. And now that the court has said, well, we're going to overturn Roe, all of a sudden everybody goes, we're going to ignore Roe too, just like the court did. Okay. It's sad that it took this to create that, but it's still an amazing testimony of God's grace on our nation and God's grace on our state. We should be grateful for that. We should 
kind of relish in it because there's a lot of victories that we haven't seen for a very long time. And this is one that should be truly rejoiced in. One that shouldn't make us idle, but if anything, should give us more energy to engage in the battle. <clears throat> Justice Thomas wrote separately. Uh, he uh, joined the Alito opinion, but he also wrote his own opinion and concurred. But one of the things he said was that the uh, 14th Amendment had been abused in many other rulings as well, which it has. It's been used by sexual revolutionaries to advance their agenda through the court system, which has done similar things to Roe when it comes to all the states on gay marriage and other issues like that. But these are going to be battles that continue to occur. And if Republicans don't engage fully in that culture war, then the left's going to continue to gain ground. And this is going to be but a momentary blip on the radar screen. We need to make sure that this ruling is enforced fully and expands pro-life laws to ensure that these children, these children that have been given a chance, are fully protected for generations. Think of it, 50 years of generations of these small babies, tens of millions of kids that are killed. The next 50 years provides us an opportunity, especially in Texas, to look at, let's say, hundreds of thousands, if not well over a million children that will get born in the Lone Star State who wouldn't have been born otherwise had it not been for this ruling. The reason that we need to make sure that we close any and all loopholes that exist is for the sake of those children's lives. Many of them in the poorest communities in our society, the poorest communities in our state. I also do hope we reevaluate some of the adoption laws and other things like that. Again, I think there's going to be a more serious look at that um, to ensure that it is as easy as possible while still protecting the life of these children and the future of their children to ensure uh, options for adoption in the state. Uh, there will be women's health care uh, funding and things like that. A lot of Republicans are just going to try to throw a ton of money at women's health care. Uh, it's kind of, it, I don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's kind of implying that they weren't funding women's health care to the extent that they needed to fund it because enough of these kids were dying that they didn't need to provide health care to the women. I don't know why that is. We've provided a ton of money to women's health care in Texas for a long time and will continue to do so. So that's not an issue. Um, anyways, great week. Fantastic news. Great opportunities for Texas. Uh, thank you for joining me today. God bless you. And God bless the great state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messia Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.